it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Grounds Crew. As always, I'm your host, Josh Gers, along with my co-host. Bill Rom. what up, guys? Before we get started, as always, make sure you like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Smash we it. appreciate your support. Follow us on our socials, Instagram, everything like that, um, at the underscore Grounds Crew. Um, let's jump right into it. First thing I want to talk about today, Connor McGregor's first pitch. So, so there's classically been some terrible first pitches in life. Yes. So Definitely many. in the conversation. As, as a top tier? Top tier. Was it as bad as 50? So, yes. Equally or worse? Equally. Okay. I, can't, I can't say that one horrible, horrible throw mm-hmm. is any, like, greater than another one. And I, you could see through his form, kind of like, he didn't, he didn't get himself turned enough to deliver. He tried to stay, like, straight at it. Yeah, it wasn't. And when you throw, you're going to... See, I think get some sauce to I the side. I feel like those those kinds of things should like give him at least one warm up throw just off to the side somewhere. But you give, know what he was? One. He was. He was down in the basement and he was throwing. They was he though? The, he had to have been. Right? If you've watched if you watched like the the like uh what's his name? GW uh, but I don't know. Everybody talks, does that. I know it's where GW go. talks. He's down in the basement. He's throwing. But I don't think everybody prepping. does that because he, he's he's Conor McGregor. He's going. He's taking pictures with people. He's doing whatever. I think they just walked him out there like, hey, just throw just throw the first pitch. Just hit him in the chest. And I will give him this though. After the fact, he totally stood by it. He was like, the velo was there. I was I was adamant. I was vicious about it. But the accuracy wasn't great. But I will take it. I'm happy with it. I would say it was. Like equidistant for like where fifties went on the left side, and then his he pulled it to the right side because they're both lefties. I I would say yes, I would put them at equal. I'm tracking. I'm 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 giving I'm giving eyes on both just so that Somebody I can. Somebody did an overlay on Twitter. I, I don't know who it was. I'm I'm giving eyes on both, so that I can come back and I can check out what everything is. But watching Connor, okay, I think. Overlay. Oh yeah, it's about right. the same. So, so here's my thing. They're equal, but they're equal in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the deciding factor of why, to me, fifty cents is worse. Okay, I agree. This is why fifties is worth. Fifty tried to loft it in, just let it get away a little bit, mm-hmm. right? So it just he he was kind of trying to lollipop it. It just got a little bit out. Mm-hmm. Connors was nowhere near. However, the one for me identifying factor that makes fifties. So much worse is that 50 was wearing a Mets jersey. Connor was in a full three-piece custom-tailored suit. And he has a broken leg. What? I don't care about the broken leg. That's just excuses. That's fine. But, like, you're genuinely in a suit that is made for you to walk around and look good, not for you to perform. 50 was wearing, like, the uniform that mm. these guys all play professionally in. I know it can move. I've seen it in action. Yep. So Connor had great velo, like he said, but he's got he's got dress shoes on. He's got mm-hmm. all that There's man. Way more hurdles now. Who came to the park least prepared? It was Connor for sure. Connor, if you knew you were throwing the first pitch, why are you wearing a full beautiful suit? It's a great question. Great question. Great and this question. is what we have to get Connor on the show to answer these Absolutely. questions. And I think one other thing too, with why I would also lean more towards fifty is Connor's throw. He just held on to it a little too long. 50s 50 let it go a little too early but he did the thing where like 
oh, I don't, I have really never thrown anything, and it's coming out the outside of my hand like the wrong way, like. That, I think we've thrown. just had more like, years to analyze everything that happened on 50's pitch. For sure. If I slow mo and I go back, Connor's probably not holding the ball all that great. Oh, he I'm probably sure. has it full gap palmed in his yeah, hand or something. You definitely. know, like I, I that dude tried to knock out punch it. He threw a he threw a cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he threw the big the big left. <laughs> yeah, like so so again, I I my big thing is 50. They both were equally bad to me. The thing that makes it worse is that 50 has no excuse. And Connor has that I was wearing a full three-piece suit. That's Fair all. I, that's the only differentiator Fair I can enough. make. Let us know in the comments which one you think is worse. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm right. Speaking of big lefts and getting into brawls. Ooh, um, good transition right there. <laughs> the Rays and Blue Jays had a little benches clearing incident. Um, and reason being was <clears> because previous game, uh, there was a play at home plate. And uh, I forget who the, the Jays catcher is. But his like uh, play card popped out of the sleeve or his pocket or whatever. And Kevin Kiermeyer scooped it up just real casual and went back to the dugout. Um, and I would say the majority of people were super up in arms about it calling it like cheating saying it was dirty scummy whatever what are your thoughts on that uh scummy yeah if he had picked so so and i have a perfect comp and dennis is smiling because he might know the the thing i'm talking about right this moment Mm -hmm. a couple years ago the buffalo bills played i think they were playing against the patriots and uh somebody dropped their plays Mm -hmm. their sheets of paper that had plays and things on them and they blew out onto the field. And Tredavious White sprinted over, grabbed it, looked at a bunch of them, and then handed them over. And he was kind of laughing and playing it off like, yeah, I'm going to get your guys' entire game plan in the eight seconds I had him. If he had picked it up and been like... and handed it back, mm-hmm. he still probably would have gotten some info, but I would have probably let that slide as he's he's being funnier than he is... Mm-hmm. Like actually like how much doing can something. You, really you grabbed something and you walked with it. Now here's the other thing: Are these two teams competing for like playoff positioning? I mean, there's a very real possibility they play each other in the first round. So it's cheating, and it's scummy because you got to use the context. Mm-hmm. My man brought it into his dugout for the entire goon squad to look at and say, "Yo." We got the answers to the test. Yeah, and I saw somewhere on Twitter that I, it was like an unnamed source. They were like, if there's one card we don't want them to have, it's that one. Because yep. it has everyone, how do we pitch to them, what yep. are our signs, everything. Yep. So it's um, like you have the answer key to a test. Yep. If the answer key to the test falls in front of me and I look at it real quick and I snag 5%, 10%, good for me. So nobody should have had that near me to get the answer key. Yep. Right? If I take the answer key home with me and study it with the homies, I've cheated. Yep. I've cheated profusely. If I look at it real quick, hand it in, yo, your answer key was right here. Probably shouldn't do that again. Yep. You know? That extra I pulled from it is the reason why you you made a mistake. However, going home with the homies, that's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah, definitely, definitely cheating. I was equating it to like when the that the your uh, the Bills one was a good call, but also like when the Patriots were filming people like just looking at their playbooks and stuff like that's you're, you're getting all the answers, and it's no bueno. So definitely, and I know uh, after like next game, they they uh, they hit Kiermaier, um, and you know post game interviews, they're like, we, there's a very real possibility we see them in the playoffs, and they are all looking forward to that matchup. Um, and I think it's very real possibility that they get there, specifically because, and this comes into my next thing, uh, the AL East wild card or the AL wild card, I should say, which is coming down pretty much to three AL East teams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's going to be very interesting, especially for the Yankees, because they are facing the Red Sox for three games next, three with the Blue Jays right after that, and then three with the Rays. The Yankees are out. Yeah. Uh, and this is it, – it's not even that I think that the Yankees will necessarily, like, lose. The Yankees could take two out of three in each of those scenarios mm-hmm. and still end up losing because, one, they still have ground they need to make up against the Red Sox. So, ultimately, the Red Sox don't really have to worry too much because even if they went two for three against the Red Sox, Red Sox would still have one win up on them, mm-hmm. right? So you're not going to have a better record than them. The downside for the Yankees is that the Blue Jays themselves, the Blue Jays are in a situation where they've got an easier schedule. I think they finish with three against the Orioles, right? Yep. So, and who, who, do, the, who do the Blue Jays, Dennis, who do the Blue Jays have coming up with their next series? They have three against the Twins in Minnesota, and then they're home three against the Yankees, three against the Orioles. So yeah, like to to me, like you got a bad Twins team mm-hmm. and a bad Orioles team in sixty seven percent of your final games. Who is then the Orioles? Who historically like have beat the Yankees in tough spots, but have rolled over for everybody else. Yeah. So not a not a great time for <clears throat> the Yankees to have their guys playing the Orioles. Yeah. So I I just I just see a world where to me like the Yankees have to go two two out of three in each of them to even remotely stand a chance. But they're really, at this point, just trying to keep the Blue Jays off their back. If the Blue Jays take two out of three in their series, just their series, and the Yankees even go 3-0 and in the other two series, I, I'm, I'm, they might be out anyway. Yeah. Because they're, they're, the team they're trying to hold off is really the, the, the Blue Jays. Now, yeah. I looked up something the other day, and I, and I, I peeped it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to relay this in this, and I'm glad you put this in our notes today. The Blue Jays are only six-run differential off from the Rays this whole season. Yeah. So they've been within six runs plus-minus. I think, Dennis, if you could pull up the plus-minus run score for all those teams, I'm pretty sure that they're up around like a plus 170, 160, 170. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. And it, they're only six runs behind the Rays. Meanwhile, the Rays have almost 10 more victories. That means to me the Rays have been lucky. Mm-hmm. And the Blue Jays, to some degree, have been unlucky. Now, we talked about it. I think the team you don't want to play, anybody, are the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. So this last thing is really, to me, like... Do the Blue Jays' young players have the it factor to put themselves over? And if they do, it is going to be a long, long, long decade for Yankees fans. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I think I think that little the hiccup the Blue Jays had was early this season. Yep, they didn't. They weren't in their home stadium. Like yep. they had a lot of. They weren't. Springer they weren't was perfect. out. So right. many different things. Right, early on the season, I think that's where it came from. But yes, this second half. They've been unbelievable, and yeah, I would say the Blue Jays are that team. And they're young, and they made the move for a pitcher, and they have mm-hmm. their pitchers now. Like, yep. they're loaded up in their in their pitching staff. Like, and they have a more balanced lineup of great players than the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And they're 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 young. You know, you got you got a, the best power hitter is not in New York. Right, yeah. Vlad's the best power hitter in 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 that division. And, like, Aaron Judge has held the title for a long time. John Carlo's been in that conversation. But the dude who squares up the ball and put mashes at the best is, is Vladdy. Yep. And and 
they're going to have to overcome that because what are the Blue Jays going to do this offseason? And then next year, you got a full year of Springer. You got Vladdy. You got you got mm-hmm. Bo, Simeon. Yep. They, they, I mean, uh-uh. Robbie Ray's a free agent, but I, I they're bring as him much back. as they're going to bring him back as much as I want him to come to the Mets. But he did you see that back. article by the way? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh. People write stuff sometimes. So one of the benefits that the the Mets have, right, is that the Mets didn't sign Kamar Rocker. Now we've talked about that on the show. What happened? What's the breakdown? What everything else is. The Mets only lose one draft slot position next year, and they get a pick at, I believe, 11 or 12 that replaces the Rocker pick. So if you sign an A free agent in the MLB, you have to give up a first-round pick to the team that you signed that player from. The reality is the Mets now have a cachet where they have a surplus of picks. They can go out and sign a surplus of guys with no problems. So if they go and they sign an A-free agent, they're just going to give up a pick that they don't have. So the guy's whole thesis was they're going to give up their future for a present position. The reality is, we've talked about it on this show, if you're looking at the Mets minor leagues right now, you have three or four guys who are knocking on the door of needing a spot at the MLB level. Khalil Lee on the Mets has been underrated his entire career. And in the beginning of the year when he was a 22-year-old, he did not have a great start to his uh, his season with the Mets, mm-hmm. right? He did not hit well at the MLB level. Yeah. But he turned 23 back in June. His current for this season, his OPS in AAA for the Mets as a in his age 22 season is a 938. So he is a high high athleticism center fielder with a 938 OPS in AAA. That dude is has been a guy who was a high selection. He needs a spot. Vientos. Vientos has come up and just absolutely mashed in AAA as a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. Third baseman, left fielder, first baseman. You've got Brett Beatty. He's at A mashing. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio came up to A mashing. Uh, uh, Francisco Alvarez, still in, in, in high A, mashing. Um, I think he leads that 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 league in home runs in general. Why do you need more young? Why do you need more young talent that you're developing for the future? You have it all about to hit again. This is the this is the Mets when they had David Wright and they had Reyes, and they had all the pitching that came up all simultaneously. Yep. You don't need to layer in an amazing player every single year. You have to have pockets of success that you've developed players all at the right time. Mm-hmm. They look like they're on par. Drafting an 18 year old in the first round isn't as valuable as as signing a 26-year-old free agent who's a stud. Yep. Go win for 5 years. Worry about that other stuff later. So yeah, that was a that was a dumb article. That was yeah. a That was uh, a clown crush yep, question, bro. Yeah, definitely uh, was the consensus there. That was ridiculous. Did you uh, want the uh, run differentials for the yes. LSU issue Yes. Uh so Tampa plus 178, Toronto plus 171. Boston's plus eighty four. The Yankees are plus thirty four. The think. Yankees have no business, and this is the wow. no business. Oh, there's more. I think the most interesting thing to look at going into the playoffs: Tampa at home is plus one twenty nine on the road. They're plus forty nine. Toronto's plus eighty two at home and plus eighty nine on the road. They are so the team you worry about. <laughs> they are the team you worry about. Yep. I've been saying it. And I am holding to it. The team I don't want to play is Toronto. If you are a team that's in the playoffs, on either side, NL or AL, you do not want to see Toronto in the playoffs, because that team could get could could go the full hibachi run and light everybody on fire. 
with all the tricks and everything else, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Hibachi. A bowl of hibachi run. Hibachi. <laughs> okay. Next thing, we're up, since we're still on the Blue Jays, I'm seeing a lot more people. It's a joke. Pulling for Vlad as MVP. I and can hear it. I And I just, I've heard, I still hear a lot of people also being like, guys, Otani is a very good pitcher, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and also one of the best hitters. This is not a conversation. Not a it's combo. not a conversation. Now, somebody tried to make the claim that, you know, oh, well, his pitching season, he's not actually that elite. He's just really good. But no guy with his pitching stats have ever won an MVP. So he hasn't been an MVP-level pitcher. Would you say he's been an all-star pitcher? Well, yeah, sure, he's been an all-star level. So you're telling me the guy who's going to finish top five in home runs is also an all-star level pitcher. That's the only thing we need to talk about. He got 23 stolen bases. Did Vladdy have one, two, three? I want to say like five. Like Uh, That's my guess. And and the other thing for me is, and we've talked about it, like I I agree, Vladdy's been great. Vladdy's not a plus defender. Right, so I can't add his defense as being a thing. Mm-mm. He's literally coming in as a bat. He has four. Right, he he's coming in as a bat. So mm-hmm. you're telling me his real value is that he can hit a ball, right? Otani hits a ball, steals bases, and is your number one pitcher. It's not close. The other thing I think, from a legitimate standpoint, though, mm-hmm. about why it's not Vladdy is Tre- Trevor Simeon. What are his numbers? Ridiculous. Just separately ridiculous. Well, so that's the Not thing, Trevor right? Not Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon's Marcus the quarterback. Simeon. Marcus Simeon. My bad. <laughs> you guys know me in names. Yep. Marcus Simeon, this season, is batting. 267 with 41 bombs, 97 RBIs. He has an OPS of 878. So he's going to steal. He's got 40-plus home runs. Yep. What team does he play for? The Toronto Blue Jays. He's going to steal votes from his own teammate. Right, they're gonna. You're, you're gonna. You have to look at them in context. And this is the MVP award. It. I can see him getting some votes. I can see Simeon getting some votes. The. I can see Sal Judge. Pe- Sal Perez. I can steal see votes. Judge getting some votes. Yep. I can see Perez getting some votes. It's effing Otani, and it's not cl- like if it's not a runaway, sixty to seventy plus percent goes to mm-hmm. Otani. People got into their things too much. And, like, I understand not unanimous because there's yes. so many people. That so many people have a great it. year. And he's awesome. also, he has fallen off with the bat yes, in the absolutely. second half. Absolutely. Which was the exciting part. Which I think is why more people are like, well, hold on. Vladdy is, like, two good games away from being a triple crown guy. I, I, I get it. But, guys, we're, we're, a, we're a start away. Like, Otani has a, a eight, 81%, 82% win percentage. When he pitches, they win 82% of the time for him. Like, he is 9-2. and two. He's sitting on his last start. He went eight innings, I think. Right? Like, can we pull up his last start, Dietz? I'm pretty sure his last start, he went eight innings, and he struck out close to double-digit guys and didn't get the win. Right? They actually lost the game. A DeGrom. He had a DeGrom. <laughs> he had a DeGrom start. But he made 22 starts. In 123 innings, he struck out 146. His second half, he's been way better of a pitcher. Uh, It's just, it's not close to me. It's not even remotely in the ballpark. And he's done it while carrying a team to mediocrity by himself, right? Like, 
we talk about like Vlad and all them. Like you're protected up and down the lineup. We got Bo Bichette. We got Simeon. Like you got Springer, dude. You're covered up and Otani's been by himself. They're throwing him junk mm-hmm. since the All Star game. Oh yeah, everybody's avoiding him. So it's gonna be hard when you got nobody to protect you in a lineup. Deets got me. His last pitching line. So this was September nineteenth. It looks like eight innings, uh, three earned, uh, two earned runs, three walks, ten strikeouts. Guys, like that's an elite pitcher. Yep. Right. That's a, a high two, low, like a high two, low three ERA. That's a number one pitcher. And that dude hit in that game, like he's a he's a hitter. It, it it's Otani, and you got everybody on this show knows very much so that I'm I'm I've been here on the Otani like, train forever. In like secret denial about it they, they don't want it to be true because of how ridiculous it is it's also the east coast bias yeah right like yeah. He, he plays on the west coast he has a 10 o'clock start you don't yep. see him play yep. you've forgotten how elite he is mm-hmm. and because he's not hitting home runs every other second like he was for a hot streak right everybody's forgotten that he also still just happens to be like filthy mcnasty yep and you know i think that that's actually that's definitely the main point because the majority of people especially in these coasts just see the highlights from the game. Yep. They only see the home runs he hits. So when there's no home run or he doesn't have 15 strikeouts all strung together, they're on some Instagram page. Yeah, they don't know that, oh, he pitched eight innings and it's disgusting. Yep. It has this splitter that is unhittable. Yep. I got I to gotta put up a highlight, and you gotta guys got to watch him go eight innings and strike out ten people. Yep. Like, guys, that's, that's, the, that's a that, hard ask. That's a top three home run hitter in the, in the American League. Is also a, a, a top five pitcher in the American League. Mm-hmm. Stop. He's the, he's the MVP. He's the MVP, and it's not close. Really, though, we talked last week about a certain person in the National League who I think next year is going to be the runaway MVP. I thought that he had a shot in NL this year. He had a little bit of a slow start. Now he's coming back alive, mm-hmm. and he's back in the conversation. Juan Soto is now being considered for the MVP award. Yeah? He's back in the combo. He's currently got, like, the third best odds to win the well, MVP. I mean, that actually that makes sense because Tatis has fallen off hard. So you said, Oh, we, I didn't even put that on there. Hold on. Can uh, we pause on that for a second? <clears throat> Tatis Machado thing. You saw that? Ooh, baby. That that was interesting to me. For I loved a, it. a lot of reasons. Number one, because I saw the growth in Manny Machado, yep. which I was, I was fired up about. Yep. That was really cool to see. I also found it super interesting, like, that there was a pretty sizable amount of, like, selfishness apparently coming out of Tatis in the dugout and the fact that it was so publicly or like on everything yeah not a great look and I think definitely will hurt his odds and his his voting right now well so when we talked to Hunter Pence we said I said that the Mets and the Padres are nearly identical he thought I was wrong I thought I was right turns out I was right but for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. they've both fallen apart in the second half and neither of them is going to make the playoffs yep and you have a situation where Tatis is now, it seems, believing his own hype, believing it, like reading his own press clippings, mm-hmm. like let me put on my 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 flashy sunglasses, and I'm doing commercials and I'm the face of the game. Let me make sure I win an MVP, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you're still here to just win games. Yeah. And Machado's been the selfish player before, so he knows, mm-hmm. right? He's been that guy. He knows. He was on a, a losing team. He knows, so like I, I think that like I'm with you. He he shows that up, but yeah, I think I think Tatis is out, and I again I think a guy like Soto is gonna have a shot. Uh, it looks like it's gonna go to Harper, and 
I've actually, and I wanted to say this on the show, I am more leaning towards Harper now. Although Soto is definitely in the conversation as well. Now that we went over that last week, I'm fully full sent into him being a top three guy. But I think Harper has continuously now made his case a little more firm than Tatis's, whose falloff has been very real. But you now have a situation where, since we last spoke, Soto's whole season OPS is over 1,000. Yep. So he was in the high nines the last time we spoke. In the last week, my man jumped himself up into the into the thousand range. Yep. Now what's Harper's currently sitting at? His OPS. His OPS is uh 1051. So 1051 to 1010 right now. And closing. Yep. Right? And what the big thing that I always say is you got to take park adjusted ability into account. The Nationals play into a monster stadium, mm-hmm. and he plays in a bandbox in Philadelphia that's known for letting people hit home runs. Mm-hmm. So who is the better player? Juan Soto. Who's got a better batting average? Juan Soto. Soto. Who's got a better on base percentage? Juan Soto. Yep. Juan Soto is that dude. Now, I don't think he's actually going to win it because Harper's Harper, right? He's got that cachet stuff. Hit. He's got more <sighs> hits. He just has... Seven less home runs. Right. Again, what does that account to? He also has a 6.9 war to Harper's 5.3. Ooh. Did you just say war? I did say war. I apologize. That no, is. I'm here for it. Listen, again, season to season, I like war because mm-hmm. it gives me a representation of that year. Everybody's in similar situations, and it adjusts for the park. Juan Soto's been the better player. He has been. It's, I think it's just going to be harder Harper is going to be close to getting them to the playoffs. Yep. Now, the question is... The sooner the Phillies get eliminated from playoff contention, if they do, mm-hmm. which I don't know if they will, right? The sooner or if they do get eliminated from playoff contention, that opens the door for Soto it's to walk back be in. It's going to shortly because they're four and a half back in the wild card. It, but that's my point. As soon as they're eliminated, you can't say that Harper got them to the playoffs. Well, right? I, so it's interesting. I, I saw a lot of people talking about how um, – Oh, like the, like like we we've had this conversation about the team that you play on matters. Yep. Are they winning? Yep. Have you been playing good weather? Yep. But Mike Trout's won MVPs. Yep. And the Angels didn't do anything. Yep. They didn't do shit. So Juan Soto's team not doing shit, having an amazing year. Yep. I don't think I I feel like the the discounting there shouldn't be a thing. And, and I think it will be. And that's my thing. I'm I'm here for like you got to win, right? Yep. Winning can give a, can give a sprinkle when we have equal. Absolutely. Right. Like, I, I can go back, and I, my problem with Trout is my man's not a winner, right? So, like, I look at this situation, and I go, Juan Soto had his entire team traded away. And all he did was get better. Yep. If he continues the tear, what's his second half OPS? Like, if we pull up his splits, if we go to his, like, special page, and we go, you know, 2021 splits, I have to think that he's now looking at like a almost a thirteen hundred OPS in the second half. It's very possible. And, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy because I I know how to get get yes, there I, quick. I can never I figure have out it. how to get there. Uh, he's got it. OPS in the second half of the season. Oh, right. Are you ready for this? One? I'm so yep. ready. Uh, Twelve seventeen. Woo! Right, so so second can half. Can I get Harper's also? Yeah. Second half, he's he's been the best hitter in the National League, mm-hmm. and. Again, his OPS to some degree is minimized by by the fact that he's not in a smaller park. Mm-hmm. You put Juan Soto in Philly, like my my his batting average would be something like three thirty, mm-hmm. and that's where I go back and I would say Juan Soto is a better hitter than Vlad Jr. 
Vlad Jr. plays in a division that's got smaller parks. Yep. Give me the I, numbers, Deets. Yeah, Harper's uh, also had a great second half. He's had a 12-27. And that's why he's in a and case cl- for the MVP. And we're closing. What was Soto's? 12-17. 12-17? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. Race. Yep. Race. Yeah. But I love it. Again, that's, that's what, this is what baseball's about. It's about mm-hmm. getting to the point that we can look at all the stats and we can debate them and interpret them the way that we want. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what the fun of this season has been is that there's a lot to debate. But the one thing that I think is the craziest stat we pulled out today is that the Yankees have been lucky, not good. Yeah. Because they are only, what, plus 37 for the season? And they're they're neck and neck with, with uh, Toronto, and Toronto's plus 171. Yep. They've been nearly four times better, five times better than you. And they've, they've been lucky enough now where it is literally their destiny's in their own hands. Yep. You guys got to play Everybody's fantastic for the next nine games. You got to go seven and nine. Show me what you're about. Yep, that's it. By the way, Pete Alonso finally admitting the season's probably over. I, yeah. should, so I shouldn't I shouldn't smile and sit back. You don't have it anymore, Pete. Like you guys will handle it. You, you didn't handle it. So what? What the ur- urgency you didn't have then now looks buffoonish. You heard it here first. Yeah. What do you got, Deeds? You got you got knowledge for me. Well, I see it. I just wanted to remind everyone that Toronto didn't even play in Toronto for most of the yeah, season. Yeah, no, we yes. yeah, we yeah, said yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. They're in Buffalo and and that's one of the reasons why their and home Florida. road their home road split's probably so good mm-hmm. is they're seasoned on the road. Yep. They played more road games than anybody this year. Yep. Because your home games are road games. Mm-hmm. What's up? That's Crazy. the team you don't want to play. Yep. Absolutely. Ruthless. Ruthless. All right, so I know you got something special for me. I right got now. one What's last that? thing. It's, it's more. It was a funny thing, and I forgot to ask it last week, and I want to ask it today. Think really hard about this, okay? So more than seven seconds. More than seven seconds. I'll give you seven seconds to think about it. I'll give you ten seconds to think about it. Do you think, as you are right now, that you could win the Little League World Series single-handedly? <laughs> no. 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 Why? So, a couple of things. you got to clarify for me because this was an easy answer. What do you mean by single-handedly? Okay, so there, there's a couple of things that I would adjust. I saw this question somewhere on social media and they didn't go into it enough, so I will. You're playing by yourself. Yeah, so nobody's out in the, outf- in the field with you. No. But. Then no. Hold on. Okay. But when you hit, I will give you ghost runners so that you can just keep hitting. Yeah. Okay? I think it's. Not completely out of the question, because you could just pitch and throw. I'll give you seventy-five miles an hour. Okay, and I think you you dominate those kids. What's the fastest velocity ever thrown in the Little League World Series? I want to say it's gonna be like guys. I'm doing. I gotta do some research real quick. I think the guy who originally I saw the video Monet from, Davis was throwing 70 miles an hour. Cool. So if I give you 75, you're going to destroy everyone. Because that's like 100 at the, at the Little League level. So I think you dice everybody up as a pitcher. And if you're trying to get like be an insane person, you hit the first guy and then dominate everybody as a pitcher. <laughs> so, so, so listen, like, again, like, I, we, we could test this out. We can be, probably get a little league team here locally that would be willing to let Josh Gerson do this. Um, so we're, pro- I'm, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to make put the feelers out. I'm probably going to make this happen. Um, 
Yeah, so like now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some some guys with 77 miles an hour as the top. Um, I'm seeing on 2016, 80 miles per hour thrown at the Little League World Series. So here's here's the point that I'm making. Okay. Um, I don't <laughs> think you're such a good hitter against uh-huh. 80 miles an hour that all you're going to do is is hit for a thousand percent. Like you're going to get outs playing against the other the, the nine kids. Okay. And they're going to field the ball and they're going to get your ghost runner out. That's fine. Right? So are you going to run down the first baseline? Yeah, yeah. It's me to first. So it's always you to first or you to second or you around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're also going to get fatigued over the course of a a full game. So now we're adding in all the complexities and layers to what this is. That's fine. You will get fatigued swinging daddy hacks the entire time and having to run the bases for yourself each and every time. They're short bases. Second, second, these kids can still walk. Sure. Any kid here, if you throw 75 miles an hour, some of these kids have seen that and hit that in this league. If they hit any ball over you as the pitcher, inside the park home run or or a triple, right? If they lay bunts down, you got nobody but you out here doing it. No, absolutely not. The, to win the Little League World Series. So this is the next thing. How did you get to the final? Did you have to play all the games alone? You're you're physically fatigued over a lifetime of doing this <laughs> to get yourself to the final game. So any any nut job out here who's not a professional player right this second mm-hmm. would get sauced by 12-year-old kids who are good at the sport. They are very good at the sport. And, and I, I right now I'm going to set it up. We're going to film this, and I'm going to watch you get absolutely fun. That'll be so much fun. junked on by just a local Little League team. Cool. And I am ecstatic. When the kid who walks up who's six foot four and is twelve, like you know Jeremy. You know Jeremy Rucker. Sure. When he was thirteen, he is now a player, guys you who don't know, Jeremy Ruckert is a, a tight end for Ohio State Buckeyes. He was one of the best athletes uh, at my gym and he would not pick up a bat until the first day of tryouts and he was all Long Island. He batted like four hundred. I think he struck him out in a game. Yes, once, I did. Um, which is his claim to fame permanently. Because uh, that, to me, is the most impressive thing he ever did as an athlete. Um, had 10K to that game. That that kid, <laughs> that kid was six foot three, 190 pounds when he was 13. My point to you is, when he was 12, he was probably six foot tall, 165 There's pounds. There's always that kid at the Little And he was junk. That kid was here local. So, they yes, you know, no shot. That's no fine. shot could Listen, I... Hundred percent. This was not my idea. I just thought it was a Do very funny question. Do you think you question. could win? I don't know. I think I would. I don't think I could actually win the whole thing, but I think I could at least win a game. How much are you willing to bet? I'm not willing to bet anything because dang. Statistically speaking, you shouldn't win. Guys, All I have to do is hit a couple singles. This goes to everybody here. We got to clip this as its own thing to put out there on the on the gram too, because this is too good. Could you solo and alone beat a group of twelve year olds at the Little League World Series? And if you think so, we got an event that I'm going to be setting up soon be so to take epic. this down. <laughs> so, leave a comment below. Could you beat a Little League World Series team by yourself? Yes or no? And if yes, you got to tell me how and why. Cool. Sounds good. See you guys next time. See ya. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle.